to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano. Today's guest, NBA skill trainer Ryan Rizuki stops by. We talk Golden State versus Houston. We talk LeBron taking down the Celtics. And we also talk about our picks and what we think will happen in the NBA Finals. Let's dive right in with Ryan Rizuki. Ryan Rizuki, welcome to the show, Fadeaways and Fundamentals. What's up, my man? We're doing good. Hey, so today we're here talking uh, hoops. We're talking the NBA Finals coming up. Um, last night we had the Warriors beating the Houston Rockets 101-92. Can you elaborate on what you saw last night? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know what, I'm going to pull up this test right here just so I can have a clear understanding of um, all the statistics. But... As far as we know, um, you know the Rockets missed about 23 three-pointers in a row, and that's a big issue. Um, you know the analytics will tell you that if you shoot more three-pointers, you have more potential points that you can score throughout the game. And you know you can shoot only 33% from three, and you can shoot 50% from two, and you get the same amount of points. But if you're missing 23 straight, I mean, if you missed five or six straight, you gotta have you know you gotta change your game plan a little bit. Watch the ball go in the hole before you continue to jack up so many threes. Um, at least in my opinion, and obviously it hurt that Chris Paul wasn't there. Um, you know, that puts more usage on James Harden. Absolutely. Um, that was one of my first questions I was going to ask you was, what did you think about CP3 not playing in the game? Did that hurt the Rockets? Obviously, it looked like it did. Um, but the Golden State Warriors were, were without Andre. Um can you elaborate on anything else other than yeah, that so, that you saw? Yeah, so what I heard was, um, and I'm not sure you know, how credible it is, but I heard that Lord Iguodala was ready to go and that he was healthy, but the, you know, the Warriors believed that without Chris Paul they were going to win this game no problem. Um, so they were saving him for the next series, whoever it may be. And, uh, you know, Iguodala is a huge piece, but Chris Paul is a much bigger piece to the Rockets than Iguodala is to the Warriors, especially in this matchup. You know, they need to save Iguodala for um, the next series, depending on whether it would have been Cleveland or the Celtics, you know, clearly it was Cleveland, so um, they need him to guard LeBron or, you know, someone over there. Right, right, right. Now, obviously, um, as you elaborated earlier, um, the Rockets were horrible at three-point shooting. Um, just, just off the top, um, you had James Harden, you know, he went two from 13. Um, Ariza, he went 0 for 9 from the three-point. Um, and obviously Gordon, he also went 2 for 12 from the three-point land. Um, as, as, as a basketball player, um, growing up, I was always taught by my dad, um, if, if you're going to be a shooter, definitely, you know, shoot the mid-range, shoot the three. If you miss between five and seven shots in a row you need to take the ball to the cup and you need to visualize that ball and see that ball going in the goal now obviously they did not do that um is is this just a new generation i mean you are younger than me you you know you deal with these nba guys uh, by training um 
you know, I, it, it didn't look like they adapted to that. And sometimes you do have to evolve and change your game and, and just literally be the guy that takes the ball to the hole and gets fouled and goes to the free throw line versus shooting those threes. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? You know, like, um, what, I mean, and, then, and I mentioned earlier, it's like something that I heard from Cody, and it's just the analytics. And then also what they put out when the, uh, I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but when Houston played the Timberwolves, they had finished a game and Houston had won by, I don't know how many points, but at the end of the game, they mentioned that Houston potentially could have scored 360 points or something around that number. And the Timberwolves could have only potentially scored about 280 based on the shot attempts they took. So just looking at those numbers alone, Houston could shoot a horrible percentage, but just because the potential points are 120 points higher than the other team, no matter how many they miss, they still have a huge margin on how many they can miss. Um, that will allow them to still win the game. Granted, they can at least play a little bit of defense. So it's all analytics, and you know, the more shots you take, the more shots you're bound to make. Um, you know, just this game that wasn't the case, as they missed probably the worst of all time um, in, in history of basketball. Um, and I agree with you. You know, there's nothing wrong with shooting a lot of threes, but if you're missing that many or you miss a couple in a row, you have to go take it to the basket. Get yourself some free throws, get yourself a layup, get yourself a mid-range jumper, watch the ball go in the hole, and then, you know, your confidence will come back and you're able to hit those three-point shots and get yourself back in the game because they didn't lose by double digits. They lost by nine points. Yeah, and and um, the Warriors shot 41% from the three-point. The Rockets shot 15.9 from the three-point. I mean, um, I believe if I have it here, um, I thought that uh, maybe I maybe I didn't put it in, um, but I, I believe that at, like everybody from the Rock I Army, mean, everybody from the Warriors, such as Clay Thompson, uh, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I mean, they were like full, like three for seven, like two for five. Four for five, like they. I, I believe those were their their numbers. Oh, here it is. I got it right here. I, I, I got it pulled up right now. You're talking about behind the arc. Curry was seven for fifteen. Clay was three for seven. Yes. Draymond was zero for five. Durant was five for eleven. I mean, they all shot you know respectable above forty above forty percent. Oh, absolutely. Um, aside from Draymond, but their attempts were ridiculously lower. Right. And I mean, if and if you and if you have the ball going in, by all means, keep shooting the rock. Um, but if it, if it's not falling. I mean, you got to take the ball to the cup. Um, I thought Capella played an, an amazing game. The guy had 20 points, um, but all his finishes were from around the rim. Um, but you Capella know, it was nine for ten. Dude. Capella played a phenomenal game. He's efficient as it can be, but their offense isn't structured around Capella, and it, it never will be. It's structured around James Harden coming off his pick and roll, shooting his threes, driving, getting his kickouts, or getting his fouls. And then if Capella's open, they'll feed it to him, but. You know, it's no wonder he's got a high percentage. He barely has to put the ball on the floor. He's just catch and finish. Right. Now, let, let me ask you this. Talking about James Harden. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's been talk about him being MVP. He's in the running. But when you go 2 for 13 in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals... How in the heck can you be the MVP? I'm sorry, you can't. So, I, I totally hear you. And you know what? They might have to change the way that they um, the way that they give away these accolades and, and these trophies and awards. But as far as the regular season goes, he was the most valuable player. Um, or, I mean, uh, that, that's the narrative is that he was the most valuable player. Although, this year, you know, having James Harden, 
took a ton of his usage off. Um, but LeBron, because of the record, because where they ended up, I don't think he's going to get that nod. Um, James Harden did a phenomenal job of getting his team to the top of the West. So as far as regular season goes, that's where that award comes into play. Unless they want to have a playoffs MVP, finals MVP, regular season MVP, then it's a different story. Um, you know, or if they want a Western and Eastern MVP, different story. But, I mean, he got his team to the top of the West, and the West is obviously the better of the two conferences. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you on that. I just, I just feel that, like, for instance... And being an MVP, I mean, you 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 gotta go the distance, and and you really have to rise when it matters the most. And and maybe maybe that's just kind of like the norm or the upbringing of what everybody usually knows. So th- that's why I wouldn't give him the nod based off of what I saw last night. Now yeah, what totally Le- agree. And what LeBron did was absolutely amazing. I mean, he had Morris hanging on his shoulders and still got the and one. Like, he was like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I have to do to win. But the award is given for the regular season. And you're talking about things that LeBron's doing in the postseason. Which I understand. Yeah. You know, incredibly above human um, capacity. But James did some amazing things during the regular season to get his team at the top and at the top of the West itself plus the numbers he put up plus I believe it also has to do with the fact that they've kind of taken that award away from him for the past couple of years when they gave it to Curry when they gave it to uh, you know Russell when they gave it to other guys when he could have or should have won it um, I feel like he's going to walk away with it finally okay so you're giving him the nod I'm saying that I think he's going to win it because he got his team at the top of the West and because he kind of got, you know, quote-unquote snubbed out of it the past couple of years, I feel like they're going to give it to him. It's kind of similar how, you know, Steve Nash won a couple when Kobe should have won. You know, eventually Kobe got his, but um, yeah, I feel like voting for Harden. Okay, okay. I'm feeling that. Now let's quickly just talk about LeBron and his legacy. I know a lot of people hate on him. Um, you know, there's always a debate of, LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan, the greatest. Who's the greatest? Who's the real GOAT? Um, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I mean, of course, I'm never going to put him in front of MJ. I grew up watching MJ. Um, But, I mean, just what he does day in and day day out um, to win, to me, it's just, it's amazing to watch. It's, it's, uh, I, I tell my son all the time, you have to watch this guy. It's I feel like when I when I'm watching him, I go back and remember myself watching Jordan and seeing the crazy things he did. So, yes. Well, how do you feel about this whole this whole LeBron thing? So the toughest part about it is because you have to compare eras, and the the game is is so different in this era because of entertainment factor and the fact that more points are scored and the. Like, the way that it's ruled and how you can't play defense anymore with your hands. I mean, obviously you should never be playing with your hands, but how much you can hand check or how much you're allowed to be physical on the floor has kind of made it, in a sense, easier for the offensive team to score. And then they've also sped up the game, you know, where they have things like three seconds, um, or defense at three seconds, they won't let you see inside there because they want to allow driving lanes. They won't let you do five seconds back to the basket because they don't want you to have a boring post-up, you know, for an entire five seconds. No one can watch that. 
they're trying to change the rule with the uh, the hack a shack, which is unfortunate because guys need to make the free throws. But the you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. continues to move forward towards entertainment because what makes the money? Not winning basketball games, which yes, it does make money, but and not good basketball where you pass and screen and you know maybe you run out the shot clock for 30 seconds and play slow ball or whatever it is like strategies that might help you win isn't what make money. So the game is going to be sped up to the point where the fans are literally watching blurs of guys just running up and down the floor, either dunking or shooting threes, or incredible feats of them doing things within like seconds after seconds after seconds. So um, you can't really compare the errors that well because it's totally different. Plus, injuries continue to happen, and people are going to forget injuries. People will say, oh, Michael Jordan was perfect in the finals, but what about all the years he didn't even make the playoffs? Yeah. You know, so like, so even even like uh, one of my clients was telling me, like, okay, maybe it's better for LeBron to lose this series against the Celtics because now he's going to go into the finals and be whatever he is, three and seven or four and seven instead of being three and, you know, or four and six, like having a worse record into the finals if he loses to the Warriors it might be better for him to not even make it to the finals. Because in 10 years from now, people aren't going to say, oh, well, LeBron made it eight straight years. He was, you know, one of the greatest of all time. What's only going to matter is, oh, how many rings does he have? Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. You know, and, and so the narratives will get skewed forever and ever, and people won't remember, oh, well, this person got hurt this year, or that person got hurt this year. Like, you don't, you or I probably don't even remember how Jordan made every single pass to the finals for those six years. Maybe someone got hurt. Maybe someone, you know, got injured. Maybe his teammate, you know, did something incredible. And all we remember is the fact that he has six rings. You know what? As a kid, you're probably right. And now as a grown-up, excuse me, as a grown-up, I think a little differently. Like, for what LeBron did for his team and the city of Cleveland and carrying all of that weight on his shoulders and winning in Boston, Game 7, and going for 44, he almost had a triple. I think he was one one rebound shy of a triple-double. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Or one assist, I forget what the numbers are. But anyways, um, for what he did was absolutely amazing. What Now, do I think he's going to beat the Warriors? Hell no. I think he's going to get destroyed. I'm sorry. He just does not have the weapons and the people that are surrounding him to help him. I just don't think I just don't think it's gonna happen, unfortunately for him. But what I will tell you, what I will remember, being older and wiser about the game, is that I will always remember, even though he lost to the Warriors, he did a hell of a job against the Celtics to get there. So I will give him props for that. But you're I, right. I, you're I, right about the ring thing. You are right about the. I ring. hope. I hope you remember that. But the, what I'm saying is the common people won't remember things like that. No. You know what I'm saying? The common NBA fan is not going to remember things like that. You and I might remember that, but I'm talking about the narratives that have spoken across all the television, across all the media, across all the generations for the years to come about this GOAT conversation. And the narratives will be skewed because no one will remember all these little things that happened. They're just going to remember the, the big things as far as how many championships he has, what is his championship record, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But... I, I can't really have this debate because I haven't been able to watch enough of Jordan, or at least, you know, in his heyday. Like, obviously, I've watched a ton of film on him, but it's not the same as, you know, actually watching it, uh, you know, back then when he was the first to do some of these things. Now I'm seeing him do moves that I've already seen people do, you know, for the past 10 years, whether they copied him or they stole it from him. But I saw those, the copied moves first, and then I went back and watched him. So I don't realize what it was like to see his moves for the first time ever, you know? Right, um, yeah. 
I get you. So it's, to- it's totally different. And, you know, the feats that you see LeBron do now, people will be doing the same exact thing that he's doing in the next five or ten years. And people won't remember, oh, LeBron was the first to do this or this person was the first to do that. So it's, it's different. And then um, I-, I think, you know, overall, personally, I think LeBron is better. Um, and in basketball and the NBA is so much about different situations. You know, who's on your team? What type of schemes do you run? What does your coach allow you to do? What does your coach not allow you to do? You know, different types of rhythm. Can Kyle Korver get into his rhythm? That was going to help him win a championship. Ray Allen hitting that shot in game six that helped LeBron to win his championship back then. Like, all these little things. Right. So, like, you know, you could be like, you could say LeBron isn't the greatest if he lost that championship based on Ray Allen not making that shot. Right. You know, in, in, in years from now, people won't remember things like Ray Allen saving him. They're just going to remember how many championships he won or lost. And, and some of that is what I'm saying. Like, maybe Steve Kerr saved Michael Jordan. Oh, he has. He's that, that's what I'm saying. But people, but like, the common fan isn't going to remember, oh, well, Steve Kerr made this shot, and that's the only reason that Michael has this or does that. They're just going to remember how many rings he has. And that's what it is. So the, the, don't, the don't talk is, is tough to have just because errors because of different narratives you can't really count every situation as like in a vacuum but right I, I feel like what LeBron has accomplished in his career and the amount of numbers that he's been able to put up as far as points rebounds assists and being statistically one of the greatest of all time in every single category I would have to put him ahead <laughs> and, and his ability to take certain teams that should have never made even considered to make it plus being able to get there eight times in a row uh yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, mean, I don't want this to turn into a Jordan and LeBron debate. No. And, and, so, and I'll tell you this. And I'll tell you this. Players now are more skilled than they were back then. Yeah, they are. But but I don't think they had... I don't think they're as physical as they, as they were no, back then. They aren't. So offensively, I understand that. But I'm talking about him having to sit down on a defensive as a guard, someone who's way more skilled than someone Michael Jordan's had to guard. I mean, you know, obviously he's probably guarded some very skilled players, but what I'm saying is, like, now every single person on the floor can dribble, pass, and shoot. Back then it was totally different. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no, you're right, because there's a lot of 6'10 guys that could not shoot the three. Think, think about how much harder it is to have to guard the perimeter and the paint. No, I get you. I, I'm, believe me, I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I'm not arguing that. But, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of different factors. Like I said, the physicality... Um, I think, to to be honest, I think there was a lot of guys back in the days that could just jump out of the gym. I mean, there's still guys that could jump out of the gym now, but I just think there was a lot back then. Um, but there's just a lot of key factors and different factors that, that can go on the debate of Jordan and LeBron and Kobe. So, As um, Kobe said, just respect the greatness of all of them, so we'll just leave it at that. I mean, well, hands down, let's just leave it at that. Moving yeah. on. Okay, so we got... Cavs, Warriors. I believe the game start Thursday. Um, who you pick in? What you got? What you? What are you looking for? And what are you excited to at least see from both sides? So I, I don't think Tyrone uh, Tyrone lose or or the Cav- the Cavaliers coach is going to do a phenomenal job at coaching them. I really don't. Um, you know, I see LeBron pretty much doing the exact same thing that he tried to do in the Celtics series and take over and do every single thing he has to and play forty five minutes a night just to try to keep up with them. And um, the Warriors just have too many weapons. You know, even like Draymond went 0 for 5 last night, but no big deal. Because why? Because Kevin Durant 
hit five of his own threes, Curry hit five of his own threes, Clay hit three of his own threes. Like, they have way too many weapons. If they can protect the paint and rebound the ball, because you know they like to play small ball, if they can protect the paint and rebound the ball, the Warriors are going to win every single game by 20 points. But that's, that's going to be, like, their knock is if the grit and the grime of Cleveland, of guys like if Kevin Love comes back and he's healthy, if Tristan Thompson's healthy, if, um, if you know, LeBron decides to go out and grab 15 of his own rebounds, if they can out-rebound the Warriors and get more shot attempts and kickouts for guys like Corver and, uh, and what's the point guard, George Hill, and get them rolling, they'll be okay and they'll hang. Oh, okay. But, but I, I think rebounding is going to be, like, the biggest determiner. If the Warriors rebound the ball, um, you know, if, if they can stay at least even with the rebounds, they're winning by a ton. Oh, I believe it. I believe they're going to – I think they're going to blow them out. There might yeah. be a game or there where they're, you know, battling. But in all, in all scheme of things, I just think – I think they're going to get – I think they're just going to destroy them, my personal opinion. But it's, but it's, it's, it's funny because they didn't destroy Houston. You know? And, and even, like, this last game without Chris Paul, they still didn't destroy Houston. So they might have some – like, they have some figuring out to do as far as all their pieces coming together. Because, you know, one night Curry's not playing well, the next night Clay's not playing well, the next night Durant's not playing well. If they can click, yeah, it'll be fine. But I just don't think that – I don't think that the Cavaliers have enough pieces to stop all of them. Like, who's going to guard Curry? George Hill? Who's going to guard um, Clay Thompson? Yeah, they, they, they don't uh, have no uh, match for them. Uh, hey. Gerald Green? Yeah, terrible. Durant, well, LeBron, and then who's going to guard Draymond, and who's going to guard Andre Godala, and then Sean Livingston? He's a mismatch everywhere. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and not to mention, you know, the, the Warriors play great defense. They've held Houston in the seven-game series they played. They held Houston under 100 points in five of those games. Yeah. So. I'm telling you, if they can just rebound the ball at a high rate, they're winning everything. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that. So, um, as of right now, you know, obviously it's the off season coming up. Um, what you got going on, and if you got any piece of advice for any uh, listeners out there, what's that? So, I'm going to be back in Charlotte tomorrow morning. I leave around 7 a.m. But, um, I mean, you know, Johnny and I will work out every single day. And then I'll be back June 8th because on the 9th of June, I'll be running a camp for uh, Kawhi Leonard here in San Diego. So, um, best advice is just, you know, this summer, um, and this is something that, that I'll tell you that, you know, we've been doing with Johnny. So, we'll work out every single day. Like, we'll work out we'll study film we'll take new moves from his game that worked and we'll take things from other people's game that we want to add to our game right we'll go work on the thing we'll go work on those things in the morning and then we'll come back and we'll just get up game shots right for him it's a lot of pick and pop a lot of you know screen reject pop stuff like that where he's setting a lot of screens and getting open lift drift fill just get your spots knock down shots limited dribbles put them up and then you know obviously hit the weight room you got to be able to sit down and play defense. You got to be able to, you know, attack the basket with some, with some strength. Um, but continue to just focus on all those strengths that you have, and continue to make your strengths stronger. Find whatever your weaknesses are, and just at least attack. You know, once a day, just attack your weaknesses. Figure out, okay, maybe my left hand's horrible. Maybe my jump shot's horrible. Maybe I can't handle the ball, and just keep attacking those things and try to continue to strengthen them. Beautiful. I'm loving that, man. I'm loving attacking those weaknesses. I love that. Well, hey, man, Brian, it was great having you on the show. Um, be on the lookout for this podcast uh, dropping this week. Um, 
have a have a blast with uh, Johnny O'Brien um, out in Charlotte. Tell him I said what's up, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you when you get back, and we'll we'll uh, do another podcast, brother. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. All right, and that's it, guys. Peace.